Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noizera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and I have titled this episode, Infected Core, V-Day Statistics, and Facing Famine. Why? Well, because all of the chickens have come home to roost in the COVID pandemic. Yeah, that's right. Everybody's being drained of money. We're figuring out who has been infiltrated within our countries collectively as you see the global government being created. Yep, they're trying to rob you of your rights, rob you of your future, rob you of your individuality, and they want to muzzle you while they do it. They want to strangle you like Jeffrey Epstein. We can't let that happen, can we? Yeah. First, a few quick updates. Go listen to the mini-cast we did earlier this week. My old co-host, Lori Alexander, joins us to talk about the anti-human nature of COVID-19. She also gives you information about the SPARS pandemic, which I'll put in the description bar below. The New World Order is revealing its ugly face. And we gotta fight it at every single angle, my friends. First few quick things and we'll get the show started for you guys if you want to support this operation you can do so by joining our patreon.com forward slash freedom faction exclusive membership program join us and help make the future we also we also reference a lot of uh storable goods throughout this episode so if you guys want that i'll put that link in the description bar below and with that being said let's start the show Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Moy Zimmer, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and this is show number 1041, season 10, episode 41. We're coming up on the end of the season very fast, my friends, end of the season and the end of the year extraordinarily fast. We only have a couple more shows left. And then that's it. That's it for uh, your homie and your friend and your favorite host, Freedom Faction. For me. I think we have about maybe two more Instagram lives, uh, two more podcast episodes, and maybe one more exclusive members meeting. And then that's it for the season. And then we have to go through a transformation which you have heard me allude to throughout the entirety of this year specifically more so in the latter parts of it the platform migration the configuration you know it's crazy to think about what we have become you know Lori Alexander visited us earlier this week and I was so blessed to have her presence there it really was it really was nice hearing from Lori. Um, God knows I need to go back to doing interviews and pulling and, and, and networking uh, more with this broader network that we are a part of. I, I, I just Lori visited us this week, and it was such a blessing. She blessed us with information the Spars pandemic uh, for 2025 and 2028. We'll talk more about that, uh, if not in this episode, in the next one. I printed out the document. I'll attach it to this episode. But it's so crazy to think about how how much we have changed, you know. 
it's not about just sound quality, right? Because I'm always fidgeting and always trying to make things sound better and do better for you guys, produce better quality content. But it's just, it's, it's, it's looking at, you know, my God, what we're doing these days. Um, you know, I talked about it earlier this week, how much of a ride, a wild ride this has been. The, 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 the people I've talked to, the things I'm doing, uh, you know, the things that I'm going to start doing too. You know, the more work that has to take place as well. Uh, again, I have to figure out how to break this down. I might just go ahead and wing it like I like I winged a couple other things, but I have to break off and show you guys some of the other activities I'm involved in to help inspire you guys more so to get out there. I was talking to myself, as I typically do, before the show. How's the thing go? Uh, evil flourishes when good men do nothing. And well, shucks, I don't want to be a good man doing nothing, so I'm going to do everything I can. And you've heard me try to describe what this feeling is, you know, where you're able to look at all of your resources, all the skills, all the abilities that you have and that you want to develop to, again, become more effective in life. And this 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 podcast and what we've done is a total representation of that. That's why I give you guys the secrets. That's why I tell you everything. I have, <laughs> we're extraordinarily transparent over here, you know, and sometimes to a fault. Which leads me to my next uh, intro topic that I want to apologize a little bit for my behavior earlier this week. Uh, it's not that I don't play well with others. I think that, you know, again, doing this for several years, going on eight, being not necessarily by myself, uh, but building again, a weapon system, like I've described in previous episodes, such as the podcast, uh, the wide network that, 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 that we disperse, disperse information on. And then the global network that we're a part of as well. It's just crazy. Uh, I guess now being a part of, again, a local and now statewide thing, which is a little bit different, man. And so, and so I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to apologize somewhat for my behavior because now, now what's happening is I'm no longer being like a leader simply on social media and all this other nonsense, but I'm becoming like a leader in my community. And sometimes my braggadocious, arrogant, stubborn behavior sometimes is, <laughs> it, it is bad, but I do need to, I'm, I'm learning on taking it into account and reining it in. But at the same time, this is what people expect. I can apologize for my behavior to only so much a degree because we can only care so much. And I, and I, and I kind of went into depth about this earlier this week on the show, escalating in order to neutralize. I'll, I'm sure I'll get into more of that later on in the episode, but I want to come back to saying I want to apologize sometime for my behavior because it is very hard being in this position, knowing full well what's happening, how, again, how our compliance and capitulation has allowed for this to happen and how you know, the, the, the pandering has allowed for this. And so while I may not be the most, you know, conventional and sometimes even effective uh, content provider or information distributor or informant, however you want to look at it, I'm doing the best I can. But this is where I have to take it a step further. And this, this goes back to what I was saying earlier, escalate in order to neutralize. A lot of what we do, ex <laughs> a lot of what we do is based on how previous generations have failed us. We exist because people failed us. 
I shouldn't make a business. I shouldn't become a brand, an influencer for talking this type of truth. I shouldn't figure out how to, how do I convince people better? How do I try to win them over? Well, if they're too caught up in their own delusions to see, we have to continue to exist because we don't want to fail these people. I don't want to fail the next generation. And so what you guys kind of heard right there is a amalgamation of where the mindset is at as we enter the twilight of 2020, the end of it. Again, what is necessary of the individual and their selves to help fight back against this. This is, again, a multilateral war, a hybrid war, the multi-generational war, the evolution of warfare, which we have talked about throughout the entirety of the year. And it's coming home to roost. Because things are becoming so overt, people are beginning to stand up. And let me tell you guys, we have just, <laughs> things are about to get intense. And I can say that, not because I'm privy to any type of conversations, but because I understand the trajectory. I'm a nerd. I'm an information hound, a news hound. I'm always consuming different types of information. 2020 was intense. But 2021 is going to set us up for something crazy, you know, and we've tried to talk about it and allude to it throughout the entirety of the year, facing famine, migration, unemployment, all kinds of different things are going to take off. And this is the time not only to reflect, have a moment of self-awareness, but really get into who you are. And that's why I sometimes have to, again, apologize for my behavior, but that's why you see this transition taking place. This escalation in order to neutralize this growth, this paradigm shift that we've all tried to, that we see taking place, the breaking of the social contract, uh, 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 the, the Overton window expanding, right? The radicalization and the escalation on both sides. We've tried to talk about this and there's only so much talking you can do because we're not supposed to sit here and talk about this all the time. There's only so much talking you can do before action has to get taken and those actions come with powerful words. And I'm not talking about martial law. I think we might have a segment where we uh, a segment where we talk about that. People are calling for it. I'm not talking about that. I'm again calling for the great renaissance and that means again being committed to our ideals, to our morals, to our standards, to our values and living that way. And so we're all doing the best we can. And we're all trying to discipline ourselves to grow and to do better. <laughs> and Lori visited us earlier this week. How much of a blessing, man. We'll be doing more shows with more people here shortly as well. There's a lot of work that has to get done. And there's only 24 hours in a day. And I don't get paid enough to do this. And with that being said, let's start the show. As I said before, 2020 has been a tumultuous year. One for the books. What do I mean by that? A Gallup poll recently came out saying that Americans' mental health has hit a 20-year low ahead of renewed lockdowns. This comes from the Natural Blaze over there. They put this up uh, December 7th. And before we get into this, unfortunately... You already know what we're going to talk about, the increasing 
stress, and fatigue that people have been feeling because of lockdowns. You know, they're being brainwashed, and we've talked about this. Uh, locking somebody down, traumatizing them, brainwashing them, radicalizing them, and then literally diminishing them, disenfranchising them from their power, uh, removing the inability for them to make an honest and decent wage. Talked about that earlier this week on the on, on Instagram Live. How a twenty or how on a Zoom call, it's like an eleven-year-old child killed himself because of the social isolation. Because these are children, you can't keep them locked up like this. They need sunlight. They need interaction. They need boo boos. They need to hurt themselves. They need to learn lessons, and they're not going to learn it sitting inside all day. They at least get recess. Let me get into this, and then we'll continue on talking about this degenerating and, and, and scarring saga in our nation's history uh, and the world as well. It says that uh, in California and other parts of the country, Americans are headed back to lockdown or otherwise facing renewed restrictions on their day-to-day -day lives amid another spike of COVID-19. Yet a new Gallup poll shows these lockdowns come as people are already struggling with their mental health. Quote, Americans' latest assessment of their mental health is worse than it has been at any point in the last two decades, the Gallup reports. The new polling found that 34% of the respondents said that their mental health was, quote, excellent, which is nine points down from 2019. Similarly, 85% of Americans have rated their mental health as, quote, good or excellent in 2019. Just 76% did this year. This polling only further documents an ongoing trend. As John Miltimore previously explained for FEE.org, the Centers for Disease Control found that one in four young Americans considered suicide this past summer amid life under lockdown and unprecedented levels of social isolation. And one antidote that painfully demonstrates this broader trend, a California hospital doctor told local news in May that during lockdown he witnessed, quote, a year's worth of suicide attempts in the last four weeks. Unfortunately, we reported on that statistic because, my God, they're killing us. And whenever I say they, they lock us down, they put you in, they, they, they scare you with the fear, they traumatize you first. You've got to think about MKUltra, uh, mind control, uh, trauma-based mind control. They, 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 they put you in your house. Well, first, they scared you of a virus. They put you in your house. Then they told you, hey, look, everybody's got the same virus. Come join us. They indoctrinated you, and then they told you, hey, well, this is the virus you need to worry about. They, they traumatized you again. Then they had the George Floyd protests where everybody became like social justice, racial experts right off the bat. They radicalized you emotionally, moving from a virus to uh, racial justice, and then back to the virus. They're breaking down your mind. And then at the same time, they're telling you, you can't work. Losing all of your resources, disenfranchising you from your power, robbing you of your right to have a future. This is extraordinarily sophisticated. And then they have Klaus Schwab, like he's Dr. Evil, come out and talk about the Great Reset. Really think about this. A year's worth of suicide attempts in the last four weeks. And we talked about this. A 20-year low. They've broken us. Or at least they're trying to. They're telling you, hey, don't get sunlight. Stay inside your house. Stay inside your home. Don't breathe fresh air. The, no, the masks aren't causing oxygen deprivation. You're not losing your mind. Just tell all of your friends to wear their mask. It's just 
15 days to slow the spread. Think about that. And what has, what has this 15 days cost us? My God, what has the 15 days cost us? It's cost us lives. It's cost us money. It's cost us everything. It's cost us hope. It's cost us future. I'm about to get into an article about food banks and how they're experiencing a massive shortage. Lines growing. I'm sp- I can't even tell you guys again about some of the local stuff I'm doing because we, you know, we, I, I don't want to jinx us. I got people here locally putting out hits on me. Serious. You guys didn't know about that, but they made Pokemon cards about your guy over here and they traded him out. They have glorified wanted posters. That's what that whole article was about for me, right? I guess that's, what, that's what I'm saying is I have to figure out how to do this local thing and, and show it to you guys on another level because what I'm doing is I'm fighting the degeneration. I'm seeing the breakdown, no doubt. But at the same time, I'm trying to react and connect with here people locally. And guess what? People that see that are going to try to attack it. Food banks being overrun, lines out the store, people unable to get food, critical medical, medical supplies. So look at these people trying to help people. I bet they have supplies. And see, that's where we're going into, okay? I kid you not. Stuff is about to get really crazy. And so this is no longer conspiracy theory. The world's about to get pretty nuts. And when people don't have the resources to act normal, to have their day-to-day, to have their Starbucks or to have their, their whatever, their McDonald's, or even have the resources to do so, they're going to start robbing, stealing, killing, and shooting. But when you have other people over here who are organized and trying to do the best they can to help distribute what they have, it's going to be susceptible to attacks. You know, this world is getting really crazy, guys. That's all I can tell you um, here. Let me let me get back into these articles and continue on. Uh, my God, right here. Food banks warn of a massive food shortage coming. A massive food shortage is looming, according to the country's food banks. And again, we've talked about this throughout the entirety of the year. These are more reasons to get sterile goods. We're not talking about power outages, but we are talking about food shortages and rationing. Uh, the race riots, like what I said before, uh, unemployment, eviction, currency manipulation. You've got China doing their whole trade war on us, mass immigration. I'll put the link for the storable goods in the description bar below so you can get this. Uh, so you can go ahead and start getting yourself some storable goods. But this article comes from Max Lavo over there, as, over there at SHTF Plan. They put this up December 8th. This is a massive food shortage is looming according to the country's food banks. This shortage is internet is intentional and part of a plan to coerce people into taking the new COVID-19 vaccine. Yeah. Uh, I saw Charlemagne, the God of the breakfast club, put that uh, question out there on a show the other day. He said, would you rather take the vaccine or not eat? Continuing on. It says, we have been warning of this since the ruling class puppets following the commands of their elitist handlers started commanding meat processing plants to shut down over the coronavirus scandemic and farmers were told to destroy their harvests. This has actually taken longer than anticipated for it to come to fruition, likely because humans have continued to pull together and help each other as the governments look for more ways to destroy us. Once people go to their local grocery store to see empty shelves, there will be panic like we've never seen. Americans are depending on food banks and pantries across the country more so than ever before as they are forced out of work and to destroy their own livelihood to, quote, stay safe from COVID-19. 
Unfortunately, such heavy reliance on food banks also means these places are being depleted of resources quickly. Food banks across Texas, for example, are already preparing for food shortages between now and the early months of 2021. In addition to more Texans needing consistent access to food, three key federal and state programs that enabled food banks and state to keep up with the demands this year are about to end. Quote, food insecurity is twice as high as before the pandemic. We've had a lot of federal aid, and that's, a, and that's all going away at the end of the year. Uh, Celia Cole, CEO of Feeding Texas, which coordinates the 21 food banks in the states, said at the Texas, Tribu Texas Tribune, quote, we are facing a new kind of food cliff, and we are worried of how long we are going to be able to help keep up with the demand without the help of the federal government. There will, more than likely, not be pushes to weaponize food and manufacture consent from the public to take the COVID-19 vaccine. Or worse, submit to total slavery by accepting the new digital dollar, one world currency that will be tracked, traced, monitored, and cut off if you so much consider disobeying the rulers. So they tell us, hey, you have to go wait in food lines. Six distance. Keep your distance, please. You have to wait in food lines. Begging for food. Begging to survive. Like I told you guys last week, out here in New Mexico, our governor shut down grocery stores and repercussions are being felt. Conversations are being had. Actions are being taken. People are pulling together. But why, while we're sometimes left out here on our own, as food lines grow miles long, politicians have begun to break the rules and dine at fancy restaurants and take vacations. While the restaurant industry warns of economic freefall with over 110,000 eateries and counting permanently being shuttered. You've got Governor Gavin Newsom, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. You guys remember Mayor Lori Lightfoot of Chicago saying, well, I need a haircut. I'm in the public. You guys don't need to go get a haircut. <laughs> That's not essential. These people, these dictators, they don't follow their own rules. And see, <laughs> here's the problem. We're listening to our servants. We pay these people. And better yet, if our money is not being listened to, who's financing these pieces of garbage? You get what I'm saying? We are listening to our servants and they are not serving us. They are trying to dictate to us, the public, for which they serve, or what to do. Let me read a little bit of this article and then you know we'll, we'll, we'll continue on uh, because I can't even get into this, this vein of thinking without getting frustrated. It comes from Matt Igarist over there, the Free Thought Project. They put this up December 8th. It says, when the politicians on taxpayer-funded salaries sit around and discuss which businesses to keep open and which businesses to shut down, they never consider limiting their salaries or cutting their fundings. They simply force people out of business and offer nothing in return. In states that do offer some relief to shuttered businesses, the programs fall short of the mark for small business owners. Enrich already large corporations, or like we reported out of California, push, puts millions in the pockets of murderers, rapists, and child traffickers, some of whom are on death row. In the meantime, millions are facing unprecedented food shortages. According to an analysis from Feeding America, food insecurity will hit 60 million people due to COVID-19 in the United States, which is an increase of 17 million people from pre-pandemic times. 
supply line disruptions, lower levels of donations, and millions of unemployed people who've lost their jobs due to the COVID, to, due to the government-imposed lockdowns, have created a massive strain on America's food supply, and more than more and more families are being pushed into a situation of food insecurity. In the meantime, though, government leaders seemingly couldn't care less about the plight of the people and continue to force businesses to close while offering zero support. Their callous attitudes and flouting of their own lockdown rules are almost palpable due to their brazen nature. As California Governor Gavin Newsom put thousands of businesses out of business forever, he's been seen ignoring his own COVID-19 measures, dining with a dozen massless people around a restaurant that averages around $850 per person. Austin Mayor Steve Adler had the audacity to order people to stay home while getting on a, ta- on a private jet and taking off on an extravagant, extravagant vacation in Cabo, Mexico. The list of these pro-lockdown politicians rubbing their privilege into our faces is as long as it is infuriating, the Free Thought Project at the time, to detail many of them. And as much as I'd love to go in and just start railing in on these politicians, we shouldn't say, oh, look, they're not listening to their own rules. Nobody should listen to these rules. If anything, take a picture with the governor without a mask and say, hey, this guy's not doing it. Here's my pass. You see, that's the problem. They're going ahead with it anyway. They're having a two-tiered justice system. You're seeing it, a creation of a new class system because of these vaccines, because of the haves versus the have-nots. Like, like we said, and like we've been saying throughout the entirety of this pandemic, this has wiped out the middle class. It has wiped out people's ability to pull themselves up by the bootstraps, to be an independent person. But here, here's what I mean by a two-tiered justice system. But I'm also saying that we don't need to abide by these people's rules. I'm going to play a quick clip for you guys as we switch up talking about our infected core, how the Portland mayor authorized police to use lawful means to end this new autonomous zone. Okay? Now, that's a double entendre type thing, if you ask me, because we're going to play for you a quick clip of Antifa or even just people out there in Portland chasing the police out. The same type of thing needs to happen with these masks. The same type of things need to happen to where we begin to take back our rights, our freedom. Again, we shouldn't be saying, oh, look, the governor's not wearing their masks. Well, of course they're not going to wear them. We shouldn't wear them either. And we also shouldn't tell them to wear them. We should say, well, if the governor's not going to wear one, I'm not going to wear one. Clearly, it must not be a pandemic. What makes them so special? But then at the same time, when I get into this next clip for you guys, audio listeners, you guys won't be able to see it or hear it. Well, you'll hear it, but you won't see it. You'll see that everybody's all grouped up. They're probably all wearing masks, but everybody's grouped up. Here, let's get into this, and then we'll continue on. Comes from the Epoch Times. I think it's by, as it's loading, uh, Zachary Stryber. Oh, Lorenz, uh, Lorenz Duchamp. The Epoch Times, they put this up December 9th. <laughs> I'll describe it for you. Uh, it's kind of like what we've seen all year. You're literally having a pack of people, and they are all masked, chase the cops out of their area. 
Oh, see somebody come up and try to punch the cop. Got up in his face, punched him straight through the through the uh, through the visor. And now you see the uh, the, the the cruiser, Portland PD, come up and try to off some of the uh, the civilians, the agitators. It's crazy, but yeah. There's at least got to be like, you know, a good 20, 30, maybe 40 people there. And they're all just, yeah, they are all masked up, but they're definitely not keeping their distance. I guess that's part of the mind control versus the mob mentality. Let's get into this and we'll continue on. Like I said, this comes from Lurie and Duchamp over there at the Epoch December 9th. It says, Portland, or protesters in Portland, Oregon, have set up a new autonomous zone around a family's private property by surrounding the house with government-owned fences barricades as they rallied against the family's evictions, officials said. Mayor Ted Wheeler said on Tuesday that it was, quote, time for the encampment and occupation to end, adding that the people rallying there are illegally occupying private property. Around 100 people gathered the house that, it, that is located on Mississippi Avenue in the north side of the city, officials said, quote, over the past three months, people have been illegally trespassing on properties on Mississippi Avenue, including a house and a pro and an on privately owned plot, Portland Police Bureau officials said in a statement. The mayor has now given the police the authority to end any illegal occupation around the house, adding that everyone who continues to violate community laws will be held accountable. Quote, there will be no autonomous zones in Portland, said Wheeler, who is also Portland's police commissioner. Quote, there are many ways to protest, he continued, quote, illegally occupying private property, openly carrying weapons, threatening and intimidating people are not among them. People have been rallying around the home of the Kinley family who lost the house they owned for 65 years after it was sold out for an auction for $97,000 as a non-judicial foreclosure in October of 2019. And they said that they were denied their right to buy it back according to a fundraiser set up to the family. In 2002, they experienced what the family described as a, quote, attack on their family when their 17-year-old son was taken to prison following an automobile accident, leaving them with no other choice but to take out a loan against their home for paying the costly fees. The page reads, however, despite these efforts, their son was arrested or their son was sentenced to 10 years in prison. In 2004, this trouble intensified even further. They refinanced a second mortgage that had an increasing interest rate, eventually leading to the auction of the house and then being removed from their home by authorities following several lawsuits. So we have people going up in arms over an eviction, setting up autonomous zones, gaining ground. Now, this is crazy. You know what? And I think here's what I got to, uh, this is, this is something else because I've been talking about this with a lot of people here lately. And this is my thought process. You see Antifa gaining ground. You see Antifa going out there, having demonstrations in March and setting up autonomous zones. What's wrong with cleaning up a park? They can't close it. If you clean it up, if you sanitize it, we need to start getting into a mind of city or civil council where we're able to ourselves self-governance. I know that's a foreclosure and they had that whole going on. It seems like they got the money together to buy it out, but there were some other things going on. I'm sure if we would have read more into that, uh, we would see. But do you see how quickly Antifa is ready to take up the cause of something that doesn't really seem like it's beneficial, but it's still having that ability to mobilize and activate with such efficiency that people on the right have no understanding of, and even people on the middle, right? Because we're just seeing this stuff go down and we're like, well, that's crazy. And then when it intensifies, we're like, well, we told you it would intensify. 
But again, back to my point, Antifa is gaining ground. They have not only infiltrated academia, they have also infiltrated culture and they're beginning to infiltrate politics. Antifa is gaining ground. What's happening with the right? What's happening to our country? That's why we're infected. That's also why you see these things happening and unfortunately people are incapable of, of, of <laughs> comprehending the intensity. I'm serious. Like we've been talking about Chinese spies and all this other crazy stuff for so for so long. The influence, the foreign interference with not only our elections, but with our politics, our culture, our media, and more, that it's 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 full blown now. We have been infected, infiltrated too. So when I'm seeing them set up autonomous zones like here and there, not only have they been practiced, not only have they have been trained, but they're organized. And we can't even get together as free thinking individuals. Just something to think about. Because now I'm going to play for you a real quick clip that came out, something that's extraordinarily controversial, something that I would think raises alarms. It comes off the heel of what we talked about just last week, how a Chinese sociologist says that China will drive the U.S. to its death. There is now a report saying that a professor claims that China has had old friends who are at the top of America's core inner circle. And so what we're talking about, again, is Chinese communist infiltration. Not, not, not just in a political way, right? Because you have roaming mobs of people destroying things, making you make a pledge to communism and Marxism and stuff like this. But now we have even more sophisticated infiltration. Let me read this article and then we'll continue on. It says that Fox News host Tucker Carlson shared a video on Monday that apparently shows a communist Chinese official bragging about having accommodating friends at the highest levels of America's core inner circle. Quote, this is close. This is as close to a smoking gun as we've ever seen. Carlson said on the opening segment of Tucker Carlson tonight. Quote, I'm going to throw out something maybe a little explosive here. It's just because we have people at the top. We have we have our old friends who are at the top of America's core inner circle of power and influence says D.D. Shang, vice dean in School of the International Relations at Renmin University, delivering a lecture to an unidentified crowd on November 28th, according to the New York Post. So this came out after uh, Chinese sociologist Dr. Li Yi said that we will drive America to its death. Again, think about the braggadocious nature of these people, the boldness of what they're saying. So as, again... Americans are running out of money. We're lining up for food banks where our brains are being crippled. You've got China coming out of nowhere, basically laughing, boasting about how we, we, we can destroy America at any time. And just before coming onto the air, I put up an article about how James Biden, Joe Biden's brother, is also being investigated like his nephew, Hunter Biden. We're going to play this quick clip and then we'll continue on from there. It's about eight minutes long. We probably won't play it in its entirety. I just want to get the clip of him saying how we've been infiltrated and then we'll continue on from there. Many of the very people who ranted so hysterically about Russia were, even as they were doing it, even as they were yelling about Vladimir Putin, in fact, they were doing precisely why they were working on behalf of a foreign power, our chief global rival, the government of China. The Russia hoax effectively was a diversion. 
It hints something that is not a hoax at all, but that is real and threatening to all of us. We're going to spend the foreseeable future reporting on the relationship between America's political and financial elites and the communist government of China that has made many of them very rich. But we want to start tonight with the evidence, with a remarkable video. This video was recorded a little over a week ago, November 28th. The man you're about to see speak is a professor from Beijing called Di Dongcheng. The video comes from an appearance that he made on a Chinese television show about Wall Street and international trade. Di Dongcheng works at Renmin University in Beijing. He is also, like so many in academia in China, a servant of his country's government. This video was deleted from Chinese social media soon after being uploaded, and there's a reason for that, as you'll see. So I'm going to do is, is click and read that to you because it does have captions. Chinese social media soon after being uploaded, and there's a reason for that, as you'll see. The Trump administration is in a trade war with us. So why can't we fix the Trump administration? Why between 1992 and 2016 did the Chinese? Oh, oh, sorry, I had to back it up. Did China and the U.S. Uh, come on? Why between 1996 and 2016? Come on. Sorry about this, guys. Why between 1992 and 2016 did China and the U.S. used to be at the top of America's core inner circle of power and influence, we have our old friends. Now I'm going to back that up so you hear it from him in Chinese, so people can say, "Oh, EJ, you're just this is fake news." I'll I'll back it up. Let him say it. They sound a little explosive here. Just because we have people at the top. There's a lot of garbage floating around the internet right now, a lot of fake things. That video is real, and those subtitles are accurate. We checked today with two different Chinese speakers and confirmed that. And I'll put that link in the description bar below so you guys can check it out. But again, this comes off of the heels of just last week talking about how the Chinese sociologist, Dr. Li Yi of the same university, Renmin, saying that if we continue to work, eat, sleep, urinate, and defecate, we will drive the U.S. to its death. They have infiltrated us, and they're bragging about it at this point. They are bragging about it. Uh, lawmakers have called to remove Eric Swalwell from the Intelligence Committee because of his links to a Chinese spy. This, this drop just Yesterday, footage of Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia behind a communist flag asking for China to come into Georgia also came out. The infiltration is real. And just last week, and I talked about that this week earlier in the podcast episode, 
it'll make more sense in the third segment. Uh, uh, but this is still true for this one. Just last week, Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe said that China is the biggest threat to national security. Now, I don't want to come over here seeming like I'm anti-China because I thoroughly believe that there's a lot of good people in China who's leaking the footage, right? Who's telling us about the Falun Gong? Who's telling us about the Uyghur Muslims? Who's telling us about the, the, the concentration camps? Who's leaking the information? There are still good people in China. But as it stands, they are a threat to us, and everybody can see that. They released a virus on us, and they are trying. It's crazy. They know they're in a trade war with us. They are committed. That's why they know they have bought people out here in America. Our own, air quotes, president-elect, China Joe Biden, Beijing Biden. 50 years in the system with nothing to show for it, nothing but a career criminal and a crook with a cokehead of a son. Leading things. Think about this. So there's super soldiers. They're mRNA vaccinated soldiers. There's they're, they're transhumans. They're biohacking soldiers that they're creating. Remember, I went over this earlier this earlier this week. Kiejinkui, where he created uh, Nana and Lulu, those two uh, genetically modified babies that are resistant to HIV and AIDS. How crazy is it that he comes out back in like 2018 talking about these things? Fast forward to where we're at now and we're dealing with a bioweapon where they're willing to admit that they have super soldiers. North Korea has clones and we have super soldiers for sure too. But, you know, what, what I'm trying to say is the infiltration of our country is so deep that it is at every single level. And for something like this to come out, well, they're just trying to show their hand. It goes on to talk about how China has like a kind of a, a, a steal, replicate, and repeat type mindset whenever it comes to talk t- technology and things like that. But here, let me get into this and then we'll continue on. This article comes from Zero Hedge. They put this up December 4th. It says China is the biggest threat to national security and has been conducting super soldier experiments, says Ratcliffe. Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe says that China is the number one threat to the U.S. national security, democracy, and freedom since World War II and warns that America faces a, quote, once-in-a-generation challenge to resist Beijing's efforts to reshape the world in its own image. Quote, the intelligence is clear, writes Ratcliffe in a Wall Street Journal op-ed. Quote, Beijing intends to dominate the U.S. and the rest of the planet economically, militarily, and technologically. Many of China's major public initiatives and prominent companies offer only a layer of camouflage to the activities of the Chinese Communist Party. China employs what Ratcliffe calls a, quote, rob, replicate, and replace strategy of economic espionage, by which Beijing robs U.S. companies of their intellectual property, copies it, and then replaces the U.S. firm they stole from in the global marketplace. Ratcliffe points out to the case of the Chinese wind turbine manufacturer Sinovel, which in 2018, a federal jury found guilty of stealing trade secrets from American superconductor costing the U.S. firm over 700 jobs and $1 billion in shareholder values. Sinovel now sells a wind turbines worldwide, quote, as if it built a legit- legitimate business through ingenuity and hard work rather than theft. goes on to say that U.S. intelligences, meanwhile, have been hot on China's trail. says that the FBI frequently arrests Chinese nationals for stealing research and development secrets. Until the head of Harvard's chemistry department was arrested earlier this year, China was allegedly paying him $50,000 a month as part of a plan to attract top scientists and reward them for stealing information. 
Like they're literally talking about Dr. Charles Lieber of Harvard, who got arrested, him and his so-called students that were caught smuggling biological materials. Remember that? He reported on it. From the Confucius Institutes to the infiltration at Harvard to now our politics as well as our media, our entertainment, it's there. It's there. You see, what's crazy is people don't want to think about it, and what's even more crazy is you have people calling for President Xi Jinping to crush Trump, to destroy America. But again, and I talked about that earlier this week, and every time we talk about China and how they disrespected Obama because they had no respect for us, they'll have no respect for Biden. They'll walk all over Biden. If Biden gets in, he'll make us look so weak and so compromised, it'll go right back to the CIA-led government we just had. And this isn't a pro-Trump conversation, but this is being real with you, leveling saying that he is bringing this stuff to the surface. Love him or hate him, Trump's much more stronger than, than Biden, and we need that, especially when dealing with the Chinese. They do not respect this type of capitulation. They literally laughed at us, saying that COVID-19 was a trick played on us by God. There's Xi Jinping, and that we failed that test, as we have rising COVID numbers. We'll get into that in the next segment. Let me get back into this. It says that the professor has pleaded not guilty to making false statements to the U.S. authorities. Three, three scientists were ousted in 2019 from MD Anderson Center in Houston over concerns about China's theft of cancer research. The U.S. government estimates that China's intellectual property theft cost America as much as $500 billion a year, or between $4,000 and $6,000 per U.S. household. That's how much they're stealing from us every single year. And that's how much we're giving to them economically. That's why whenever I tell you to vote with your dollars and vote with your lifestyle, it's very important. Continuing on, it says, meanwhile, China has been caught stealing sensitive U.S. defense technology to, quote, fuel President Xi Jinping's aggressive plan to make China the world's foremost military power. It says, in an odd comment, Ratcliffe says that the, quote, U.S. intelligences show that China has even conducted human testing on members of the People's Liberation Army in hopes of developing soldiers with biologically enhanced capabilities, adding that, quote, there are no ethical boundaries to Beijing's pursuit of power. As we noted in April, Citing a, defense, citing a report published by Defense One, China has highlighted biology as a military priority. And, quote, the People's Liberation Army could be at the forefront of expanding and exploiting this knowledge. The evidence, or as evidence, the authors provide several examples of the People's Liberation Army's strategic writings and research, which make it clear that they intend to, quote, change the form or character of conflict. <laughs> the form or character of conflict. Hybrid warfare, the evolution of warfare. The evolution of warfare. You know, another thing happened last week. I, uh, I think it'll be pretty crazy to think about this because I'll be getting into another new disease that happened in India, right as they're having like a massive protest, millions of farmers coming out to protest some of these lockdowns and more. They're having a new disease outbreak while they're coming into contact with China. I'll get into that here shortly, but another strange thing happened last week, and I don't really know if people ever caught it, uh, but Joe Biden 
basically came out uh, telling us what the plan was. I don't know if anybody caught it, uh, but the other day he was sitting down with Kamala Harris during like a CNN interview. And I don't know if it was like a Freudian slip, but he outright said, hey, I'll develop some type of disease, step down and let Kamala take over. I'll resign. So this is, again, a part of that infected core, that sophisticated manipulation, watching what the left hand's doing, but completely unaware of what the right hand's doing. Wouldn't it be crazy if he developed a, 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 some type of disease? Not really, as everybody's up there getting their own vaccine shots. That's what Obama says, right? Obama, Bush, Boris Johnson, Fauci, Clinton, they all say they're going to get their vaccines. Sure, yeah, whatever. Joe Biden develops some type of disease, steps down, becomes mentally incompetent because they've already declared that they want to use the 25th Amendment on him, declared incompetent. Kamala steps up, bing, bang, boom. She's already been compromised and bought out. Again, a career criminal. These guys got nothing but schemes. This is, again, during a CNN interview where Joe Biden joked that he'll develop some type of disease if he disagrees with Kamala Harris. That's his old brain just slipping out the plane and slipping out the plan again. Stuff for you. Yes, she does, but not with she's because she she and Kamala have become friends. But all kidding aside, it's a, it's a matter of the thing we are simpatico on our philosophy of government and simpatico on how we want to attach approach these issues that we're facing. And so I don't have and when we disagree, it'll be just like it's so far. It's been just like when Barack and I did. It's in private. She'll say, I think we should do A, B, C, or D. And I'll say, I don't, I like A, I don't like B and C, and let's go, okay. But, and I, like I told Barack, if, if, if I reach something where there's a, a fundamental disagreement we have based on a moral principle, I'll, uh, I'll, 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 I'll develop some disease and say I have to resign. Um, we, we don't have that, I'm, we haven't, and we discussed at length. Mm-hmm. Our views on foreign policy, on domestic policy, on intelligence. And the great thing is she has a background in the Senate on intelligence, in the Intelligence Committee. She has a background in the Senate on a whole range of things that are going to be pertinent to what we have to do. On I'll develop some disease and say I have to resign. Um, look at Kamala's face. She's looking at him like, you stupid jabroni, you're telling them the plan. But then he goes on to tell them again what the plan is. We need somebody that can infiltrate the intelligence committees. Isn't that what happened with Eric Swalwell? He just got taken off of the Senate Intelligence Committee for his communist, uh, his ChICOM spy attachments, his links, right? His affiliations. And Joe saying, well, it's good. We need her, somebody on the Senate Intelligence Committee or at least somebody that has that history that can help feed these people information. We don't have that. I'm, we haven't, and we discussed at length mm-hmm. our views on foreign policy, on domestic policy, on intelligence. And the great thing is she has a background in the Senate on intelligence, in the Intelligence Committee. She has a background in the Senate on a whole range of things that are going to be pertinent to what we have to do. But it's going to be, I think so much is going to be incoming, Jake, yeah. It's a matter about who, who takes what when. Uh, I don't need to tell you, uh, Mr. President-elect, that the NAAC... Everything's going to be coming in because they're going to be selling us out left and right. Oh, the money is going to be coming in like King Coop the Third. Oh, 
Everything's going to be happening very fast. These people get in. They're darn right a lot of things are going to happen fast because that's the plan. Sell us out as quick as possible and then sail off to where they don't got to deal with it. These are not leaders. These are slave masters. And sometimes we don't even understand how the ones that are most oppressed are our oppressors. You know, I was going to save that, talking about that mysterious new disease. I think we'll talk about that in the next segment. But really think about what's happening right now. The course our country is on, the things that are taking place, and what is required of us as we move forward. There's a lot of things happening, and it's going to happen a lot faster, too. January 20th can't come fast enough because I think that's whenever everybody will understand either A, we'll be in a whole different ball game, we'll understand where the places are, where the pieces are being set, what's happening. But until then, we're just seeing the craziest development of historical movements. Everybody knows what has to happen. I think it's very curious to see who's going to jump and who and where it's going to go, man. You know, this cannot continue. Again, with Hunter Biden literally being underneath investigation right now, <laughs> facing a tax fraud investigation, his brother doing the same thing. There's no way the Biden crime family can get in. But that's the plan. Have somebody so compromised, so blackmailed, so underneath the influence of the system, of the swamp, that they're incapable of actually doing anything. Of actually fixing the country. Because that's the plan to break us down. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about V-Day statistics. <laughs> Apparently, they're now calling it V-Day, Vaccination Day. All the COVID-19 nonsense. Uh, locking people up. Distributing vaccines. Uh, how in New Jersey, the rate of non-cooperation with contact tracers is now up 74% because, well, people don't want to co cooperate with contact tracing. People volunteering to patrol the streets and enforce mask mandates. Yeah, that's where we are. As well as people developing all kinds of neurological diseases because of this vaccine. It's deadly. Don't take it. We'll be talking about this and more. On the other side, ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. We'll be right back right after this. going on around you are in a state of war and you have precious little time to save yourself it's a slow process which we call active measures the first stage being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize a nation. The next stage is destabilization. What matters is essentials. Economy, foreign relations, defense systems. The next stage is crisis with a violent change. 
change of power structure and economy period of normalization this is what will happen in the united states if you allow all the schmucks to put a big brother government in washington dc who will promise lots of things never mind whether the promises are fulfilled or not Time bomb is ticking. With every second, the disaster is coming closer and closer. The danger is real. Crusaders of Truth, a voice. One brand in the fight against terror, deceit, and destruction. We are not merchants of fear. We are not a parody of free thinkers. It was almost like they ignored it because they wanted it to happen. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat. This season, get ready. To awaken the masses. Forget the politicians. Politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. Forbidden clothes. Because if you know, you know. Welcome back. Salutations. Yeah. Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to this segment and edition of Factions of Freedom. You know, I know sometimes it seems like I'm all over the place, and I I am. Um, I'm just really trying to, again, give you that deep, comprehensive view of what's going on to kind of tell you guys that snapshot of where my head is at. Um you know, again, not only here locally, but here internationally, just there's, there's, there's a lot of things happening. I mean, how do you talk about communist infiltration? How, how do you talk about how deeply we've been infiltrated with the communist ideology? And I don't even know if it's like the communist ideology. I think it's like the globalist collectivist ideology. You know, how do you talk about these type of things? Uh, and, and again, how do you talk about how it's not the Chinese? It's the forces within the Chinese who are using the Chinese as a means to 
uh, assert total total power. That's why they're using China as the model for a lot of this COVID nonsense with the tracking and the tracing, the testing, the locking the folks up and stuff like this, because certain elements of the global elite have moved over to China and positioned them to become the world power. How do you talk about that type of stuff uh, in, in, in a world like today? They'll call you a racist or some kind of ist, you know, or an e, you know, some, some stupid, but that's reality. And whenever people have been basically conditioned to ignore reality, ignore what they're seeing, it makes it very difficult to try to convey these, 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 these topics, uh, or at least explain them in a fashion to where people can digest the information. I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy because at the end of the day, we are a conspiratorial operation disguising ourselves as a news, alternative media news organization. So let that be first and foremost. Uh, but with that being said, let's start getting into this segment. V-Day statistics. Now, before we start talking about people developing diseases from taking the vaccine shot, uh, let's talk about what happened just last week. The UK promised to pay anyone who suffers severe COVID vaccine side effects £120,000. I hope that's right. I don't know why I want to say quid. I don't know what the difference is between like quid and pounds. But this is an article that comes from Nima Harris. They put this up over there at News Punch on December 4th. And before I get into this, how many of you knew this was going to be the case? Knew that, well, they can't just ask for vaccine liability and then roll out this vaccine, hurt a whole bunch of people and try to get away with it. No. You knew that some, some sort of financial incentive was going to have to be given out. You see, that's how it works. You don't get anything in this world for free. They're not going to give you this, 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 this vaccine for free. You're not going to get treatment for free. We're all just sitting here watching experiment in live time. Let me get into this article and we'll continue on. I will, I'll try to save my commentary. It says the UK government will compensate anyone who suffers severe side effects as a result of taking the COVID-19 vaccine with the payments of up to £120,000. British officials approved the rollout of the Pfizer and BioNTech vaccine this week by granting an emergency approval. The vaccine has been added to the Vaccine Damage Payment Scheme, which was formed in 1979 to reassure the public about the safety of vaccinations to prevent illnesses such as measles, smallpox, and tinnitus. The Department of Health admitted on Thursday night that code vaccines will be added to the scheme as a, quote, precautionary step. The DailyMail.co.uk reports that scientists have fast-tracked the development of COVID-19 vaccines, prompting fears about their safety with drug companies seeking indemnities from the governments ahead of the deployment. Britain's VDPS was set up in, in 1979 and covers victims of side effects caused by common vaccines, such as those against measles, influenza, smallpox, and tetanus. In 2009, the vaccine against the H1N1 swine flu was also briefly added to the list. Under the scheme, individuals are entitled to a lump sum capped at 120,000 pounds. Ah, it was pounds. 120,000 pounds if they can prove to have been seriously disabled as a result of, as a, of, a, of a vaccination. The scheme is meant to dissuade people from seeking compensation through lengthy and costly court proceedings, but has been criticized for the cap and its restrictive conditions. Duncan Fairgreave of the British Institute of International and Comparative Law says that, quote, the current scheme is not really adequate for the current situation. If adver adverse events occur, 
the route of compensation is too complicated. It, mu- it would be much easier or much better if the government set up a bespoke scheme for COVID-19. Britain said it would continue to monitor the safety of, of Pfizer and BioNTech's vaccine after the country on Wednesday became the first in the world to approve a COVID-19 vaccine. The emergency use authorization dose does not include liabilities, however, unlike a conditional approval granted by the, by the European Union. So there's something I want to touch on right there, that, that it was briefly added, you know, and they understand that people are going to be seriously disabled by this vaccine. Again, developing Bell's palsy, it's like having stroke-like style symptoms where your face just begins to slump, you know, to where your face, your mouth, to where you lose feeling in your face. My God, this is, again, one of the side effects of this vaccine. So like I said, that was an article last week. They asked, they asked for emergency authorization. They got it. They got their vaccine out this week. And they've already begun testing. I say testing, like, because that's, that's what it is. It's not, uh, they're not giving any actual solutions. They're still testing. This is a novel virus, and we were all writing details to it. This is very crazy right here. This, this other article comes from Tim Brown over there, Sons of Liberty Media. It says, uh, V-Day arrives in the UK. First shots given as reports of several Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine trial volunteers are, have developed Bell's palsy. And so I'll, I'll, I'll read other articles about how people have died, how they have developed like abnormalities, again, some of these severe adverse reactions, all from taking the vaccine. And again, you've got to ask yourself, is this necessary for a, for a virus that people literally recover from? Why are they doing these vaccines? Why are they rolling it out? I'm, again, asking the question of why are we trusting big pharmaceutical companies and lawyers to give us a proper course of treatment? Why is this a bioweapon? They're still conducting an investigation, and they're already rolling out the vaccine. Let me get into this. It says, and here we go with the beginning of what will surely be many reports of the UK government's expected, quote, high volume of adverse events from the Pfizer RNA vaccine. As V-Day arrives in the UK, the first recipient out of the trials of the Pfizer biotech vaccine got the the person you see right here is Margaret Keenan. She was the first recipient. Uh, She said, go for it because it's free uh, and it's the best thing that's ever happened at the moment. Uh, more vaccine propaganda, so please go do it. That's all I'd have to say. But getting back in this, it says, as V-Day arrives in the UK, the first recipient outside of the trials of the, bio, of the Pfizer biotech vaccine got the prick while reports emanate that at least four people who took the vaccine during trials developed facial paralysis known as Bell's palsy. Of course, the, quote, authorities are poo-pooing anything bad, even though the, even though the government's own documents expect quite a bit of adverse events from the vaccine. First, Max Lavo reports on the first recipients of the vaccine outside of the trials. The first, quote, high-risk person has been vaccinated with the COVID-19 vaccine in the UK. The elderly woman, Margaret Keenan, uh, the elderly woman, Margaret Keenan, says if she can do it, so can you. It's here. Time's up. Meanwhile, in the U.S., the FDA published a report Tuesday morning from the panel that convinced yesterday, or they convinced yesterday, to start examining the data from the Pfizer Biotech trials. They happily declared that there's, quote, no reason to delay emergency approval for Pfizer's vaccine. He is expected to release two reports analyzing the Pfizer biotech vaccine 
ahead of time ahead of Thursday uh, meeting with data expected to break down the vaccine's efficacy with various age, ethnic, and demographic groups. The agency's own scientists have prepared one report. The other report has been prepared by scientists with Pfizer and its German partner. On Thursday, the FDA's vaccine advisory panel will discuss these materials in advance of a vote on whether to recommend authorization. They will authorize this vaccine. They have already said there's no reason not to. All countries are moving toward getting the entire global vaccination populated. India's Federal Health Agency Secretary Rashish Bhushan says that government regulators could grant a license to some developers of COVID-19 vaccines in the next few weeks. Six vaccines, including AstraZeneca's COVID, COVID Shield and Bharat Biotech's Covaxin, are in their trial are in their trial stages. This goes on to talk about how they're developing these vaccines, how they're going to propagandize you, and how it's designed. To literally break you down, man. Like this is some sketchy. This is some sketchy stuff. No matter how you slice it, this is some sketchy stuff. They're saying that the FDA confirms that the that the Pfizer vaccine is ninety five effective, but they they they've already begun to warn of severe adverse reactions after the second dose. They're also saying people with severe allergies shouldn't take the COVID vaccine. So my God. Why are they promoting this? Bell's palsy, day-long headaches, uh, uh, disease, uh, uh, neurological diseases that, that mimic Alzheimer's and dementia. You know, the tests of this vaccine is it's crazy, and we're all just sitting here watching it. You know, we're all just sitting here watching it, like it's the cat's meow, man. This is crazy. Let me read real quick because I, I want to read real quick just a a a quick uh, a quick news blitz or an article blitz where there's multiple articles uh, attached to this single post. As I said earlier, the FDA said that Pfizer that it approved Pfizer's vaccine, saying that it was ninety five percent effective, but they warned of severe adverse reactions after the second dose. Think about that. They know it's going to hurt you, and they're saying take it anyway. Let me let me let me get in this article so we can get a little bit reoriented because it, this is a uh, this is crazy. All this is is so crazy. Uh, right here, <laughs> there's just so many. There's so much evidence that came out that this vaccine is deadly. The virus is a hoax, but they just have to really reassure people to get that vaccine so they can continue to do testing. Again. Why are we trusting companies for our health? Trial participants of Pfizer's vaccine ward of intense symptoms after the second shot, yet the FDA says, hey, it's totally safe. Uh, FDA announces two deaths of the Pfizer vaccine trial participants from severe or serious adverse events. Uh, and here you can see it from the Jerusalem Post. They say it. The FDA announces death of two Pfizer vaccine trial participants. Yeah. So Margaret Keenan, the one you saw, she was the one. She was the exception. So as soon as they got somebody that survived the vaccine, they propped that person up there and they told her, hey, Margaret, here's your claim to fame. And you tell these people over here that if they get this vaccine, you can, if I could do it, you could do it. Propagandize them. Margaret. Propagandize them. 
make them feel safe. I want to read real quick, just to get this on record, these severe adverse reactions after the second dose, because they're saying they want to have you take more than two shots. This is an article that comes from Zero Hedge. They put this up December 8th. This is Pfizer and partner BioNTech's COVID-19 vaccine meets expectations on agency guidance and is enough to spur an agency review, according to the staff of the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. The finding is one of several significant new results featured in the briefing materials, which 53 pages of data analysis from the agency and from Pfizer. On Thursday, the FDA's vaccine advisory panel will discuss these materials in advance of a vote on whether to recommend authorization. On the bright side, efficacy in preventing and confirm, preventing confirmed COVID-19 occurring at least seven days after the second dose of vaccine was 95%. The study sponsors, quote, provided adequate information to ensure the vaccine's quality and consistency for authorization of the product under an EUA, agency reviewers said in a briefing document ahead of Thursday's panel. Additionally, the study confirms that the vaccine worked well regardless of the volunteer's race, weight, and height or age. However, one thing of note in the risk section includes that the vaccine has been shown to elicit increased local and systemic adverse reactions as compared to those in placebo arm, usually lasting a few days. The most solicited adverse reactions were injection site reactions. Uh, that was 84%. Fatigue was 62%. Headaches was 55%. Uh, muscle pain was 38%. Chills was 31%. Joint pain uh, was 23%. And fever was 14%, per 14%. These are all the different things that you could have experienced. Uh, obviously, fatigue. From, uh, from from the injection side reactions. Continues on saying that severe adverse reactions occurred in uh, 0, 0.0 to 4.6% of participants, whereas were more frequent after dose two than after dose one and were generally less frequent in, in older adults uh, as compared to younger participants. Among reported unsolicited adverse events, lymph, I don't know what this says. It says uh, lymphodoma fafia. No, not even. Lymph, lymph, Adenopathy, lymphadenopathy occurred much more frequently in the vaccine group than the placebo and in its possibly related to vaccination. Says the experimental vaccine BNT162B2 is on track to be the first shot to get the emergency authorization in the U.S. So basically, after the second shot, yeah, for sure, you're going to experience some adverse effects. Headaches, fatigue, uh, muscle aches, stuff like that. That's why they're saying people with severe allergies shouldn't take the shot because they don't want to kill you. You know, it's 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 really kind of crazy, again, just to see the massive push to tell people to take this vaccine, to take it, that it's safe. You know, it's crazy that they've gotten Bill Gates off of the television and they've gotten Joe Biden up there. It's crazy that they've got. Fauci away from the television. Scott Atlas stepped down. Uh, you know, we're not really hearing from Tedros Cabrasius. And now they've just got Biden up there saying, hey, take the mask and take the vaccine. How crazy is that? It's like the masks don't work. So why are we taking the vaccine? Oh, don't worry about that. You're thinking too much. It's like, well, the vaccine's telling us it's, it's going to hurt people. They're telling you it's killing people, that you're going to have severe adverse reactions to it. Oh, don't worry about it. Your president, Joe Biden, pledged that his administration will distribute 100 million vaccines and masks. Don't worry. Within his first 100 days of office, he's going to take care of you. Don't you love 
Big Brother Biden? Let's play this clip and then we'll continue on. President-elect Joe Biden today promising to distribute a coronavirus vaccine to 100 million people in his first 100 days in office. His announcement comes as the number of U.S. deaths from COVID-19 soar to more than 2,200 a day on average, matching the peak that was reached back in April. Biden offered condolences to Americans who have lost loved ones to the virus. My first 100 days won't end the COVID-19 virus. I can't promise that. But, but, we did not get into this mess quickly. We're not going to get out of it quickly. It's going to take some time. But I'm absolutely convinced that in 100 days we can change the course of the disease and change life in America for the better. First, my first 100 days is going to require, I'm going to ask for a masking plan. Everyone for the first 100 days of my administration to wear a mask. It will start with my signing an order on day one to require masks where I can under the law, like federal buildings, interstate travel, planes, trains, and buses. I'll also be working with the governors and mayors to do the same in their states and their This babbling, battered, broken old man cannot lead us, I'm telling you. Like, I give him credit for you know, at least trying to put a shirt on. But dude, he cannot, <laughs> he can't lead us. It's easy. It's a joke. Um, and that's kind of sad to see. But again, these are the games they play. They put up a weak leader knowing that this will compromise us, knowing that this will demoralize us, knowing full well that this will push us into submission. Uh, I, I'm sure you guys have seen it by now. There's a clip out there floating around on the internet of a guy inside of a store and he's just trying to order. He's just trying to get whatever it is real quick. And some guys like, Hey, just put your mask on, just put your mask on. They literally drop water on him. And the guy says, just put your mask on. You know, and this is what this is created to where people feel emboldened to break the social contract to say that, you know, your rights, your freedoms, your personal liberties, you, you, you're not allowed to have those anymore. If anything, they're offensive to me. Your freedoms are offensive. We have now entered into that day. And underneath the Biden administration, you can believe that it will be intensified because check this out. A controversial COVID-19 data scientist's home was raided and guns pointed at her family. The computer seized. And this is all because she didn't want to manipulate the data. Because she didn't go along with the scheme. They literally took all of her tools. And how many times have we seen this, this escalation? We saw it in Australia where they arrested, uh, I, I think her name is Zoe, where they arrested a mom for incitement for trying to organize a protest. So you can't organize on Facebook because you'll, you'll, you'll be labeled a dangerous individual. If you don't wear your mask in Los Angeles, you're considered a domestic terrorist. If you don't report the manipulation of the facts like they want you to, They'll seize your computers, raid your home, and point guns at your family. Crazy. Sorry. Who else is in the house? My two children and my husband. Where's your husband? Calm down. Calm down. down. You want the children down? Calm all down. Mr. Jones, come down the stairs. Now. Police, come down now. Please, come down. 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 Down.
There it is. Come outside. Outside. Who else is in the house, man? Why, two children and my husband. Where's your husband? Oh, oh, no. Calm down. You want the children out? This comes from Matt Agarist over there at the Free Thought Project. They put this up to faith. It says earlier this year in May, Rebecca Jones, the data scientist working for Florida who put together the state's COVID-19 database, made national headlines when she was fired by the state over disagreements in reporting the numbers. Jones says she was fired for refusing to manipulate the data that showed a higher number of deaths while the state claimed that she was fired for insubordination. Fast forward to this month, and that's what started a fire, and that's and what started as a firing ended up with armed agents of the state allegedly pointing guns at an entire family during a raid on their Florida home. This is what we have to push back against. This is what's coming. Arresting people, detaining people. Look at what this virus has infected us with. Look at what it's turned us into. And now, in Canada, their health ministry is exploring immunity passports <laughs> and tracking and surveillance. All for essentially the common cold with a deadly vaccine because there is no cure for the flu. Um, there may be some restrictions that may be placed on people that don't have vaccines uh, for travel purposes, to be able to go to theaters and other places. Um, that, But that will be up to the individual person to decide um, whether they want to receive the vaccine to be able to do these things or not. But it is voluntary. Does the government envision giving um, specific uh, authorized proof that there has been a vaccine or you've been vaccinated? So like, it's like a card or some sort of form that people can show to prove that they've been vaccinated? Yes, because that's going to be really important for people to have for travel purposes, perhaps for work purposes, for going to theaters or cinemas or any other places where people will be in closer physical contact uh, when we get through the worst of the pandemic. So yes, that, that will be essential for people to have that. Um, there may be some restrictions that may be placed on people that don't have vaccines. Think about that. The boldness. The boldness of it. So, a vaccine, it's going to hurt you, right, for a, for a virus that, yeah, it's a little dirty, but you'll recover. They're going to say, you know what, we require you to get shots. It's mandatory. And in New York, they're already beginning to ask that question of how to mandate vaccinations, man. I guess, again, you know, just to, just to kind of derail on this video real quick, I'll get in this article here shortly. It comes from Steve Watson over there at Planet Free Will. They put this up December 9th. To break down that video real quick, I don't know how I feel about masked people asking such controversial questions. This is kind of sketchy. All of this stuff is sketchy. All of it's not normal. All of it's abnormal. I have another article that I'll get into here shortly that talks about them literally putting marks underneath your skin as they vaccinate you at the same time. Like literally Mark of the Beast style stuff. Like we're literally talking about prophetic politics at this point. And that's basically why they're telling you to put a mask on because they don't want to hear it. They understand people that are protesting. 
I understand that people are rebelling. They don't want to hear it, though. That's why, again, the psychological manipulation of what is taking right now, taking place right now is so crazy. Saying that you're not allowed to have that you will get the shot, that you will go along with the agenda. They are trying to, again, beat you into submission, holding your freedoms hostage, holding your normal life hostage. Well, I think it's about time we create our own new normal instead of going along with this. God knows what that's going to look like because this is enslavement. And as I talked about with Joe Biden's uh, COVID-19 action plan, the lockdown, the Operation Dark Winter, because that's what we're going into, people experiencing adverse uh, vaccine reactions because of all this, they're going to be testing and tracing and tracking, doing surveillance on all those people that receive the vaccine. You see? That's a part of it. They want to normalize it. Hey, you got the vaccine? Great. Come back in a week or so. Come back in a couple weeks. We want to see how you're doing. Great. Come back in a month. We want to see how you're doing on that point. When did the government become responsible for our health like this? And it happened just like that. So, yeah, they're going to hold our life, our, our liberties, our freedom, our right, the access to society hostage. And this is why it talks about it in the Bible that you will neither be able to buy nor sell without receiving the mark. Let me get into this. Uh, it says, Can- Canadian Health Ministry exploring, quote, immunity passports, vaccine, tracking, and surveillance. This is the Health Minister of Ontario in Canada has stoked controversy by suggesting that people who do not take the vaccine will face restrictions on where they can travel and spend time. When asked by reporters about how the government's intend to go about convincing people to get the vaccine, Health Minister Christine Elliott Warn that those who refuse to who refuse it will face difficulties reintegrating into society. Quote, that's their choice. This is not going to be a mandatory cam- campaign. It will be voluntary, Elliot said. But adding that, quote, there may be some restrictions that may be placed on people that don't have vaccines for travel purposes to be able to go to theaters and other places. When another reporter asked if the government would be introducing immunity passports or proof of vaccination cards, Elliot said yes. Because, the, because that's going to be really important for people to have to travel purposes, perhaps for work purposes, for going to theaters or cinemas or any other places where people will be in closer physical contact. Following up Elliot's comments, the, to- the Toronto Sun spoke to her press secretary, secretary uh, who confirmed that the government is exploring several options for vaccine, quote, tracking and surveillance. This includes exploring, developing tech-based solutions while also providing for alternative options to ensure equitable access to any potential immunity passport, Alexander Hillking Hill, uh, Hill said. Sun reporter Brian Lilly notes that, quote, that phrase will set off an alarm bells, as it should, not just for anti-vaxxers, but for anyone who's concerned about charter rights and government running roughshod over them. Ontario Chief Medical Officer and uh, Chief of Medical Officer of Health, Dr. David Williams, said, said that COVID-19 vaccine may be required for, quote, around, quote, what we can do is say sometimes for access or ease into getting into certain settings, if you don't have vaccination, then you're not allowed into that setting without other protection materials, Williams said. I wonder what it's like seeing conspiracy become fact. You know, I'm just wondering. And I don't even know if it's like conspiracy. I'm wondering how people feel about seeing prophecy begin to become fulfilled in their lifetime. You know? 
Yeah, no, you can't go in there if you don't have your shots. Like I'm, you've, you've, you've heard me talk about it throughout the entirety of this, comparing us to the Jews, uh, to this new technocracy that's being erected, how they are the now Nazis. And again, biblical prophecy, because I don't hear anybody else like saying things like this. It's the only way that I can like comprehend it. You know, it is biotech. It's like what Klaus Schwab said, the fusing of our physical, biological, and digital. That's what they want. That's biohacking. That's transhumanism. They are trying to augment and manipulate our DNA, our biological structure, how we are configured. And look at this. Check this out right here. Scientists discover how to store patients' vaccination history, quote, under the skin at the same time as a vaccine. That's it. That's that's it. It's game over. You've been marked, and unless you literally carve that thing out, like carve a chunk out of your skin, it's it's it, it's going to be there. And so this is why, whenever we start talking about Elon Musk's brain to machine neural interface and you know uh, 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 wireless cars or driverless cars and things like this, we go straight into hacking because we know how people's minds are. Yeah, you might get it, but can that information of yours be hacked? This is why when we look at, again, implantable microchips, because we're in those days, we have to worry about privacy and security. This is crazy. So let me get into this because I can't spend too much time on it. Uh, we have to talk about how people are not cooperating with contact tracing and how they're deploying mass squads and uh, uh people to give out free masks to do all this stuff. But this is, this is the key part right here. The fact that they literally have the technology to basically brand you. And we've talked about that, how, again, some of these vaccines are ineffective. The treatments are ineffective. A lot of these things cause problems. They're telling you right now. <laughs> and, 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 and my God, what's in these vaccines are even more deadly. These are... And, Doctors have come out, scientists have come out basically declaring that these things are biological weapons, that these aren't vaccines, that this isn't like that type of technology, but this is something else where they're trying to rewrite your DNA. Let me get into this and we'll continue on. This is by Michael Snyder. They uh, reposted it over there at Sons of Liberty Media. They put this up December 7th. It says, researchers have found a way to leave a, quote, mark under the skin that will enable medical authorities to know whether someone has been vaccinated or not. This, quote, mark is created using a specialized dye that is not visible to the naked eye, and the dye is delivered under, under the skin as part of the vaccination process. If that sounds quite creepy to you, that's because it is very creepy. Scientists at MIT wanted to create an easy method of keeping track of vaccinations parts of the world where electronic databases are not commonly used, and what they came up with is extremely alarming. MIT researchers have now developed a novel way to record a patient's vaccination history, storing the data in a pattern of dye and visible to the naked eye that is delivered under the skin at the same time as the vaccine. Quote, in areas where paper vaccination cards are often lost or do not exist at all, the electronic databases are unheard of. This, this technology could, be enabled, could enable the rapid and anonymous detection of vaccination patient history to ensure that every child is vaccinated, said Kevin McHugh, a former MIT postdoc who is now an assistant professor of, bio, of bioengineering at Rice University. Unsurprisingly, the MIT article announces discovery stated that this research has been funded by, quote, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the Koch Institute support, support grant from the National Cancer Institute. 
In order to see the mark that has been left behind by the specialized eye, authorities will need a, quote, specially equipped smartphone, and we are being told that the, quote, mark can be read for at least five years after the initial injection. The researchers show that their dye, which consists of nanocrystals called quantum dots, can remain for at least five years under the skin where it emits a near-infrared light that can be detected by a specially equipped smartphone. As you read this article, you may be envisioning a long needle as a delivery system, but that's not the case. The scientists involved in this research intend a, quote, micro-needle patch to deliver the, micro, to deliver the vaccine and the same dye at the same time. And we've talked about this before how they have that technology, and they are correct in reporting that it is indeed the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation behind it, because that's it. They want to be able to track you. As I said before earlier this week with Lori, they are trying to trigger prophecy. They want to take it into the next step. This is why they're saying, hey, this is a great leap forward, evolution, when really it's the evolution. This is the Great Reset, where they stylized this after Mao Zedong's The Great Leap Forward. It's not evolution, it's de-evolution. Again, robbing us of our inherently God-given rights to privacy, to freedom, to medical freedom, and more. That's a de-evolution to me. That's a loss. It's a devaluation. Oh, but you're all the same. Look, you, you dirty humans. Oh, you're all the same. You've got your vaccination card, your, your history. So I know who you are. It just reminds me of like a bad epi- like an episode of, 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 of the X-Files, man. And because of all of this going on, because people are smart, they're finally catching on. Like I said earlier this week, there are restaurants that are making jokes about contact tracing. And now in New Jersey... The rate, the rate of non-cooperation with contact tracing has gone up. It's creating all these cases. People don't want to get contact traced. They don't want to be put in these social isolation camps. They don't want to be held down. They want to live. Jersey, new limits for outdoor gatherings are now in place. They have dropped from 150 people to only 25. Also today, Governor Murphy expressed his frustration with people who aren't willing to help contact tracers. The rate of non-cooperation with our contact tracers is now up to a whopping 74% of cases. Quite frankly, this is unacceptable and we need folks to turn that around. It is extremely critical for contact tracers to get in touch with the close contacts of those who test positive to help us stop the spread of this virus. And COVID-19 cases continue climbing to climb in New Jersey. Health officials believe some of the new cases are directly related to the Thanksgiving holiday. Oh, you darn holidayers. Put on the holidays. Yeah, see, what's going to happen is I don't think people are going to recognize what's happening until it's literally smack dab in their face. And if you want the truth, too, I was saying this earlier, people don't know how to react to this type of stuff. How to ask for their, not nearly, not really ask, how to get their freedoms back. How to say they're not going to capitulate. How to not bend the knee. It's going to take 
organized and unified response to this. You've got 400 businesses in Michigan that are fighting back, saying we can't stay locked down, we can't do all these things you're doing, you're killing us. It's going to take people rallying. And it's going to be, it is going to be a glorious sight when it does. Check this out right here. New York sends a, quote, mask squad to enforce social distancing in two counties. Says in another play right out of the Gestapo playbook. The health department of New York State, which is now losing thousands of people every day due to its high taxes, draconian rules, and coercive regulations, has put out an urgent appeal for what the New York Post called, quote, mass squads to go to Rockland and Orange counties to perform COVID-19 community outreach and enforce mask and social distancing safety protocols amid fears of a second wave. Now, as much as I want to get into this article, I want to play for you guys a clip instead. You know, if you, if you want the truth, the clip would probably be, probably be better. Uh, it came out last week as we were, you know, finishing finishing our, 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 our cycle. I'll just go ahead and pull it up for you guys. It comes from the Drudge Report feed. It says volunteers to patrol the streets and enforce mask mandates. Let's listen. So the city of Pasadena is stepping up its enforcement to make sure people are wearing face coverings. Volunteers will be walking some of the major streets like Colorado Boulevard and ensuring that people are wearing them and then even handing out masks to those who don't have them. They're also asking that if you which is still allowed in Pasadena right now, uh, that you do so only with people in your own household. These volunteers will also educate people about the importance of taking these steps. This is something that we need to take very seriously. Our numbers are significantly increasing daily. Hospitalization factor is, is going up. Um, the data shows that we're going to need to shut down more. I know, take your mask off when you're in your car. Just put it on when you're out running those errands. The city spokesperson said uh, the Rose Bowl Loop has been one area of concern. She said uh, about 60 signs are there reminding people about wearing masks. Uh, they were taken down or even vandalized, and now crews will, of course, have to replace them. So the city passed. So that's in Pasadena. Uh, <laughs> that's in Pasadena, and now you're seeing in New York that they're having people volunteer to patrol the streets and enforce the masks, enforce social distancing. Like I told you guys earlier, uh, I guess earlier this month, I, I, I messed up Thanksgiving because I talked about how uh, social workers were getting shot, being sent to some of these hostile situations instead of police officers. This is what's happening now. You've got the Care Bear Squad coming in. Uh, you've got the social justice warriors. You've got the, uh, the the white knight virtue signals. You've got the the Karens. The, the you, you've got these big brother type people coming in your life, telling you how to live your life. How crazy is that? It happened just like that. All because of the fear of the second wave. How crazy is that? You know what's crazy is uh, I'll say this and I'll get back into this this article about the mass squads in New York City. Over, this, over, over the week, some kids came by the house. They were trying to sell me, like, solar power. But because, you know, we're renting at this location, we can't do all that because we have looked into getting solar power. But what was so crazy uh, 
is because I didn't have my dogs out. It's how they came in my yard. And I thought, you know, shucks, man, I really got to start locking the front gate because that's how the contact tracers will get in there. And so it was two kids. They came up. They tried to talk to me. And I wasn't so much worried about it. But it was just that stark reminder of why you sometimes have to dot your I's and cross your T's. Make sure you lock your gate because if they try to come in afterwards, they're breaking the law. They're, they're, they're coming onto your private property. But I thought to myself, wow, you know, they really are training these kids to go out there, make those sales, regardless of how cold it is and at what time at night it is or what part of neighborhood you're in to go make these sales. And the same thing is happening with these mass squads. They feel emboldened to do so. It's their right to go out there and tell you what to do. They don't have lives, but they like the power trip. We, we, we talk smack about cops, you know, and how, you know, you give somebody a badge and still beat their wife and stuff like this. But dude, this is going to take it to a whole nother step, a whole nother level where you have, again, virtue signaling Kins and Karens telling you, hey, put your mask on. Hey, keep your distance. Hey, don't hug. People who hate their lives and trying to get you to hate yours. Let's get back into this. It says that the department, uh, what is this? The Department of Health is responsible for community outreach and enforcement of executive orders and regulations re related to the use of face coverings, masks, and social distancing to prevent the spread of COVID-19, the department said in a Monday email to employees in its Office of Health Insurance Programs. Quote, staff is needed for immediate, urgent deployment to Orange and Rockland counties to assist with this critical public health and community enforcement effort. The recruitment pitch to staffers in the agency's Office of, of Health Insurance Programs obtained by the Post said, Staffers would, want, would volunteer to work in Orange and Rockland counties in shifts that run from Saturday, December 5th through Friday, December 11th, and consequent weeks through New Year's, New Year's Day. Workers who volunteer for Orange and Rockland Masks Squad will be eligible for overtime pay. The two counties, which both have large ultra-Orthodox Jewish communities where, have, where some have defied safety protocols, have among the highest coronavirus infection rates in the state. The Middletown area of Orange had an alarming 8.16 COVID-19 COVID infection rate as of Saturday. The city of Newburgh in Orange had a 7.78 infection rate, while the Orange-Monroe County border town posted a 7.8% positivity rate. Rockland County's infection rate was 5.8%. Asking volunteers to redeploy to help address the pandemic is not uncommon, said Health Department spokesperson, spokesman Gary Holmes. Quote, it's all hands on deck, Holmes said, adding that, quote, we're active in all communities, where there are increasing infection rates. These aren't the only ones. So mass squads, volunteers to tell you when to put your masks on. Make sure you're social distanced. Keep your distance. And all this other stuff. V-Day statistics. This is what we've been infected with. Not only the dangerous trend of authoritarianism, of creeping draconian rules and things like this, but mass squads. The Care Bear Squad, right? Virtue signalers, social justice warriors that feel like it is their right to tell you how to live your life, right? Crazy. A deadly vaccine that's designed to hurt you, being forced on us. And I'm very curious to see where this is going to go because you cannot mandate something like this. You can't force people to take a shot that's going to hurt them. You know, so to close out this segment, I want to get into this final article that uh, I think I, I thoroughly believe that we'll begin to see pushback with a lot of these things uh, the same way that 
Joe Biden and his crime family is being exposed. I think the very same way we're seeing a lot of these things take place this is a natural course of action. People have to get hurt by this vaccine. The people that take it, they'll get taken. They'll be used as examples as to why people can't take it. Cases will be built. Arguments will be made because this cannot continue. That's the sad truth of the matter. It won't. You know, the yeah, they want to try to vaccinate the entire population, but we'll see how that goes. People will step up. They will fight for their rights. They'll recall, even if they have to take it to the Supreme Court. We're only looking at this from our angle, and there are others out there that are just like us. Uh, I wanted to get in this article about how New York legislation could make a COVID-19 vaccination mandatory. I think you guys understand. Again, that's kind of what I was alluding to. People will begin to fight back, but we've got to, again, the same way they're trying to pull this experiment on us, we've got to see these casualties. We've got to see these examples. We've got to, we, we, these things have to happen so they become examples of what not to do. That's the sad truth. We'll take all the statistics. We'll take all the facts. We'll take all the testimonies. We'll pull all of the, 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 the documents, the studies, and the reports. This is why they systematically got rid of the doctors. Why they told you, you're not allowed to have a different opinion because they didn't want people to compile information, to have references, to be able to argue a case as to why they as an individual refuse to take the vaccine. They don't want people to think for themselves. The idea is to capitulate you, to break you down. This is a very, very deadly virus, and I'm not just talking about COVID. You'll see. But we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about the UN having a push to decarbonize the world. The Alberta Premier rejects, says that he, he, he rejects the Great Reset Theory, says that leaders should focus on economic recovery. And as we talked about in the previous segment, 82% of Americans said that they can't afford $500 of emergency funds thanks to COVID. We're talking about facing famine, uh, food banks being overrun, things like this and more. On the other side, thanks, COVID. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about this and more. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this. in this world that remind us of how fragile we are. We thought we were safe. We thought it could never happen to us. Then life like a fog descends upon us, blanketing our memories. Through the haze we travel its hidden paths, lost in its secret places. And when the storm, turbulent and immovable, forces us to shelter, we remember. to us, calls us back, back to the ports and the harbors of our past. We fight the currents that pull and drag us off course, not a light or star to chart the way. And 
us know it at first. The places we once loved guised by time. Then we see it. The place we've been trying to get back to. Safe at last. We've found our way home. Final segment. And it's snowing outside as I begin to record. How beautiful is that? How beautiful. You know, speaking of beautiful, we've created something beautiful, you and I. We really have. I don't know if we've like trauma bonded doing this type of work but uh you know we 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 really have bonded we really have grown you see we uh we really have built something beautiful between this 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 type of work that we do the people we're reaching the relationship we're developing uh, again, the internal work that has to get taken into account, and we really have built something beautiful that I'm proud of. I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of what we've done. This year really has highlighted the importance of what we do uh, and why it has to be taken with a certain level of seriousness. You see, there's no, there's no right way to do any of what it is I think I'm doing, other than to continue to do it. Until I, I, I fail. But even then, that'll be a lesson that I learn. And I decide to share with people. 
But people have to understand that the things that we're talking about, they're not easy because they were hidden. You know, and you heard me talk about it in the previous, in, in the first segment, how we exist because we were failed. We exist because the both Democrats and Republicans failed us. What we do, you, you don't do what we do having faith in the system. <laughs> no, you don't. You do what we do because you have a total lack of faith in the system. You expect the system to fail you, and you expect less government involvement. You know, I was listening to Dr. Richard Proctor talk about uh, the case for martial law, and I don't think we talked about that in this in this episode. Thank God, because I don't want to talk about martial law. Uh, but what I do want to talk about is this 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 appropriate phrase he came up with and how a measurement of your freedom is how involved the government is in your life. And as you can tell, the government has very little influence over in my life. But when we're talking about COVID-19, these vaccines, uh, and, and everybody else, because you know, I don't want to be arrogant and self-absorbed, everybody else isn't like that. Everybody's on, there, there are people that are on government programs, you know, uh, that are looking at this, trying to figure out how to get out of it. And one of the things that Dr. Richard Proctor said is, again, because he studies political eco- political economics, is the economic aspect of politics and how important that truly is and how, again, this has all been designed to push us into a position of subservience and dependence upon a government designed to rob you of your rights. A measurement of your freedom is how involved the government is in your life. And that's, again, why they're getting rid of small businesses. That's why they're destroying any thoughts of what we think of as economic opportunity and upward mobility because they want to make us dependent upon the system. They don't want us to be free. They don't want us to have the economic capability, the political willpower to be free. They, they, they need to create, again, a subservient and obedient population. Obey. Just put your mask on. 15 days to slow the spread. We'll get through this. You anti-lockdown protesters are terrorists. Things such as this. So what we have created over here, gang, is truly something impressive that for some strange reason, man, like we're still able to be here. Developing this thought process. Not necessarily caught up by a lot of the hysteria that takes place, but being able to peer through all of this and really cut you through the core. And so pat yourself on the back for that, my friends. This is the house that you built. And this is the work that we have to do. Not only do we have to wake up others, but we have to be committed in what we do and how it affects others. And I am honored to be in this position. You know, I'll say this and I'll start getting into this segment. I wanted... I wanted to say this in the Instagram live this week, so I'm going to just go out there and say it. I feel like it should be an honor to serve your country in some way, shape, or form. I'm not saying, hey, go join up with the military or, hey, go join up with, like, you know, whatever, with, with, with the government or with uh, police forces or stuff like that. I'm saying that it should be an honor to serve your country and to be like, heck, yes, I'm proud of the stuff I'm doing. It represents America. Heck, yes, I'm proud of the things I'm doing. It represents this. 
But I feel like people have lost that honor. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I said this the other week, man. A lot of people that play Call of Duty lost their Call of Duty because that was it. That's, that's how it works, man. They don't want you to be strong. They want you to be scared. They want you in their clutches. Uh, but here, let's start getting into this segment uh, because I don't want to take up too much of you guys' time. Let me go ahead and start pulling out this first article right here for you guys. Uh, this is, again, alluding towards Agenda 21, Agenda 2030. Uh, Agenda 2050 and so much more. The UN's anti-human push to decarbonize the world. This is an article that comes by Seth Borenstein and Frank Jordans via the AP, but it's been reposted over there at Technocracy News. They put this up December 8th, and it says that the head of the UN, the head of the United Nations, is calling on all countries to end what he calls a war on nature and instead embrace a future without carbon pollution, triggering global warming. And before I get into this, you know, I talked about this in the previous segment. How uh, UN Secretary and General Antonio Gutierrez said that, uh, or last episode, said that we're waging a suicidal war against the earth and how we need to stop. And I told you this was going to happen off of the heels of COVID 19. This is again what Klaus Schwab, author of the COVID 19 Great Reset, alluded to, saying that COVID 19 is a non existential threat. However, like Justin Trudeau said, the Great Reset provides us an opportunity to seize control. And now they want to decarbonize the planet. They want to have that socioeconomic, sociopolitical, sociocultural reformation, that paradigm shift, that changing of the guard, the introduction of the new world order. Uh, this is where Greta Thunberg comes in. This is where Leonardo DiCaprio comes in and all of the other climate change activists, even Jason Momoa, to chastise human behavior. Not only are we a virus thanks to COVID, but we're also a virus on the planet thanks to climate change. Let me get into this. It says the UN's irrational war on carbon is a war on, war on humanity itself. However, if depopulation is the ultimate goal, then it makes sense because the human body is 12% carbon. The carbon cycle in food production and human nutrition requires CO2 and abundantly so. As an extreme year for hurricanes, wildfires, and heat waves comes to an end, the head of the United Nations challenges world leaders to make 2021 the year that humanity ends its, quote, war on nature and commits to a future free of planet warming carbon pollution. With new reports highlighting 2020's record-breaking weather and growing fossil fuel extraction that triggers global warming, UN Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez delivered yet another urgent appeal to curb climate change. It was twinned with optimism, but delivered dire warnings as the UN gears up for a December 12th virtual climate summit in France on the, on the fifth, fifth anniversary on the landmark 2005-2015 Paris Climate Agreement. Quote, the state of the planet is broken, Gutierrez said in a speech at Columbia University. Quote, humanity is waging a war on nature. This is suicidal. Apocalyptic fires and floods, cyclones and hurricanes are increasingly the new normal, he said. In a report, the World Meteorological Organization said this year is set to end about 1.2 degrees Celsius, 2.2 degrees Fahrenheit warmer than the last degree of the 1800s, which scientists use as a baseline for warming caused by heat-trapping gases for burning coal, oil, and gas. Most trapped heat goes on to the world's seas, and ocean temperatures now are at record levels. It also means 2020 will go down as one of the three hottest years on record. Quote, 
This is at least, or there is at least one in a five chance of temporarily exceeding 1.5 degrees Celsius by 2024, World Meteorological Secretary General Pateri Talas said. Paris Climate Accord set a goal of not exceeding 1.5 degrees warming since pre-industrial times. He goes on to say that a new analysis by climate action tracker scientists who monitor carbon pollution and pledges to cut them said public commitments to emissions cuts, if kept, would limit about or would limit warming to about 2.6 degrees Celsius and possibly as low as 2.1 degrees Celsius. It goes on. It's basically talking about how they're committing everybody to lower their footprint. They're lowering their carbon footprint. Goes on to basically talk about how more countries need to stop fossil fuels. We need to shut down cars. We need to shut down fossil fuel plants. We need to end uh, uh, fossil fuel, fuel reliance. We need to move and transition into renewable technology. You know the deal. It's what Joe Biden said. It, it's what Joe Biden said. That's his. That's what he's riding on. When I told you, with all these debates, the twenty different candidates they had, and how every single one of them is preaching something straight from Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030, and Joe Biden said it at the last debate, that he wants to end fossil fuels. That's the plan. You see, because right now we're economically and energetically, we're energy dependent. But when they get us on electric and renewable energy, that's whenever we'll have to, again, ration and share energy. It'll be a collective type thing. They want to sell us free energy. This is a long-standing topic that we've talked about on the show time and time again. But let me let, let me let me pull back from this. Let me get real conspiratorial because I've been real political and blah 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 schmita blah. Let me let me pull back because we're going to be getting into this next article about how aliens exist and how they've been in contact. Let me pull back. That's why they want to control the temperature of the planet, because humans are useless, but there are already entities here that need to preserve the, preserve the planet. There, I said it. I know that sounds crazy. I know that sounds crazy. Well, what's crazier is the fact that we are now in a time where all this type of information can come out. You know, I was talking to somebody just the other day about uh, UFO sightings in the 50s. Because wasn't that one of their major things, right? Our space brethren. How whenever we started doing nuclear testing, how aliens came and they said, you guys got to stop all this stuff. You're destroying the planet. You to cut this out. You're, you're harming Mother Earth. You guys remember all that? I don't know, I, I don't know if you guys did that type of research, but that's, that's definitely a, a talking point that's out there. Uh, that our space brothers... I think it's Billy Meyer was one of the major ones that talked about that. Billy Meyer, uh, who had like long standing relationships with uh, Nordic type aliens, said that one of the reasons why they were appearing is because they saw how harmful humans were being on the earth. And they told us to get rid of our our nuclear weapons. We did for a time. And they've come back. But as the nuclear weapons have come back, so uh, so again has the aliens. And so. I'm always saying to you over here on the show that we are a long ways away from UFOs, ghosts, aliens, and the paranormal, because no doubt that's definitely something we have researched and looked into for time and time again. There are some beings here, and there are also some entities that bleed through. 
And then there are also some that walk in. This is a completely different conversation. I'll probably use it for a season finale to just talk about all the crazy stuff that happened this year. Uh, but back to the theory of why they need to have the earth in better shape and how they could care less about human politics. Uh, this is a very, very interesting topic. That's why I just wanted to talk about how they wanted to decarbonize the planet off of the heels of COVID-19, assuming control, creating a world government so they could begin to introduce the, age, the alien agenda, <laughs> where they revealed it. I mean, again, that's why Trump developed the Space Force, so he could start working through disclosure, saying that, no, we've been in contact with these entities. Yes, we have an, a longstanding relationship. Uh, no, there are some entities that we do not control. Yes, they fly in different airspaces. It's a real thing. China just last week planted, a, I think it's a flag on, I think it was a flag on the moon. It came back. I'm not sure. Uh, but the thing is, is whenever you get into this realm of strange and weird stuff, conspiracy, no doubt, you've got people that say, oh, well, flat earth, you can't go to the moon. But then there are researchers that say that the moon's inside of the dome. And then you have people that say, oh, we never went to the moon in the first place. The space race is a, is a waste of space, waste of money. I'm definitely derailing here. But what I'm trying to say as I give this snapshot before getting into this article about uh, aliens breaking, you see how the world is increasing its, its tyranny. That's basically how this all works. As the one world government becomes more and more of a reality instead of a conspiracy, of course they would have to say that aliens are here. They don't want you to look down on the ground and think, God, how can I stop this? They want you to look up into the sky. They want you to think about the threat that's not there. Worry about these imaginary things. Worry about COVID. Worry about these aliens. Don't worry about your tyrannical governors. Don't worry about your mayors assuming power. Don't worry about your government trying to usurp your authority. Look, look at the aliens. And see, that's how they got me right at the beginning of all this. That's why I tell you. I started this looking for ghosts and UFOs and aliens. I fell into where we're at now. That's why I still keep my finger on the pulse of all this stuff, because it is important, no doubt. The hybridization is taking place, the integration of some of these entities as well, right? We, we, we talked about Chinese communist infiltration. There are other things here that, uh, that we can't get into. You know, I've literally got documents here in studio where I've talked about them, invisible terrestrial entities of the first second kind from the Thunder Energies Corporation in Florida back in 2012, where they conducted experiments seeing entities moving with intelligence and awareness over populated centers, malls, military installations, schools, public places, and things like this. But they're only able to see them through a certain spectrum of light. And so these are, again, invisible terrestrial entities, uh, demons multi-dimensional beings that are able to move with impunity throughout different uh, densities of air and light. I know this all sounds crazy, but there is research and information to put it there. But because people don't do the research, they don't do the work, they don't put two and two together, it becomes very mysterious and intriguing and conspiratorial. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is in this segment of Facing Famine, talking about aliens coming off of the heels of, of, of the UN trying to decarbonize the world, you've got to look at the controlling powers. You've got to look at how the world is a state and how everything is taking place. You see, again, as the world is 
coming into its one world government, its one world system. They're saying, hey, don't look at what's happening here on the ground. Look at what's happening in the sky. I'll say this and I'll start getting into the, the article. UFO watching took up one of the, uh, uh, took up, took over bird watching and stargazing as a top hobby during the pandemic. So whenever people want to disassociate from reality, when they want to get off of this planet, now you've got them right where you want them and they will eat out of your hand like like an apple eat, or like a horse eats a sugar cube. Shoot. Let me get into this. This is an article by John Vibes. It comes from the Minds Unleashed. They put this up December 7th. It says retired Israeli space security chief says aliens exist, but humans aren't ready. It says in a shocking new interview, retired Israeli General Haim Eshed claimed that the United States and Israeli governments have been in contact with extraterrestrials for many years, but have not revealed this information to the public because they feel that the average citizen is not ready to know. The 87-year-old former space security chief is currently working as a professor. Ashed has had a very prestigious career and is very well respected. He served as the head of Israel's space security program for nearly 30 years and is a, and is a three-time recipient of the Israel Security Award. He has shared these wild claims about extraterrestrials in a recent interview with Hideo Aharanat. He said Ashed said that some governments are in contact with a quote, galactic federation of aliens far from reaches of space who are observing humans for their own research purposes. He also said that there is an underground base on Mars that has, has both humans and alien representatives. Ashed said that the U.S. President Donald Trump knows all about the aliens and was on the quote verge of telling the world about them until the Galactic Federation somehow persuaded him to keep quiet. According to Ashed, the Galactic Federation does not believe that humanity has evolved enough to join the interplanetary communi community, but that they want us to be helpers eventually. Quote, there's an argument between the U.S. government and the aliens. They have signed a contract with us to do experiments here. They, too, are researching and trying to understand the whole fabric of the universe, and they want us as helpers, Ashed explained. Ashed says that he is going public now because he is a position as a professor gives him more credibility and perhaps now that he is out of the military, he feels a bit safer to speak his mind. Quote, if I had come up with what I'm saying today five years ago, I would have been hospitalized, he said, adding that, quote, today they're already talking differently. I have nothing to lose. I've received my degrees and awards. I'm respected in universities abroad where the trend is also changing, Ashed said, according to the Jerusalem Post. Revealed further details about these alleged secret space programs and contacts in a book that he recently published titled, the quote, University Beyond the Horizon, Conversations with Professor Haim Ashed. Ashed also says that aliens have prevented nuclear apocalypses on the planet Earth. It is not clear if he actually has any evidence to support the wild claims he made in both the interview and the book, but the fact that he was in charge of space programs for 30 years certainly gives him some level of credibility. Earlier this year, the Pentagon announced the formation of a new task force that will be studying UFOs or unidentified flying objects. The formation of this new task force is something that has been in motion for a long time, since the Pentagon released declassified videos to the public showing government aircrafts interacting with UFOs in the sky. The footage that provoked this renewed interest in UFOs was captured in 2014 and 15. One of the videos taken from the U.S. Navy aircraft seems to show the pilots chasing a UFO off of the east coast of the United States. Navy pilots reported spotting objects flying around 30,000 feet in the air at hypersonic speeds and showing no visible engines 
or exhaust plumes, typical of any known aircraft currently on Earth. So I'll come out and say it. Aliens are demons. I know that for sure. Um, aliens are demons. I think that we can make extraterrestrials, no doubt. Uh, but this is all part of a grand deception. Uh, that's what a lot of my research has led towards, too. You know, when I'm over here talking about essentially prophetic politics in the previous segment with COVID-19, Mark of the Beast style stuff, you don't get to that part of the Bible without understanding that there are other things happening in prophecy and in this prophetic time clock that are that are taking place right now. And that's why when I say, hey, earlier this week, asking the audience the question of, are we living in the days of Noah? You know, that we're going to make the giants, that we're going to make the mutants, that we're going to make these super soldiers, that we're going to make these transhumans, that we're going to make these biohacked individuals, that we're going to make the aliens, is that far off to think of? So, yeah, you know, we could talk about extraterrestrials, greys, Pleiadians, reptilians, right? Uh, Zeta reticuli, things like this, no doubt. But at the same time, when we're grounded, based here in reality, looking at how these things happen and how a lot of the stuff that we're talking about right now was prophesied and, 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 and programmed into us for this time frame, you have to think about it. None of these things happen by accident, and there is nothing new underneath the sun. So one of the reasons why I want to do that detour is to talk about, again, China creating super soldiers the push to decarbonize the world, and at the same time, how they're assuming control. That's a part of the Great Reset. And again, the technocracy is a part of the Great Reset, and how there will be no humans in the technocracy, only transhumans. What I'm trying to talk to you about is very, very conspiratorial, very all over the place, but I hope I tried to, I hope I explained it in, in, in somewhat of a comprehensive or detailed enough way to convey the thought I'm trying to get out there to you guys. Uh, we're in, as uh, our guest host, Lori Alexander, said earlier this week, we're moving into the age of Aquarius. We're moving out of the age of Pisces. And this is something we've talked about in both occult terms, supernatural terms, multidimensional terms, technological terms, and in so many different ways that it's going to manifest itself. Truly, we live... In historic days, prophetic days, I can't lie to you. I mean, should I even say it right there where we talk about CERN and the gates of hell, them opening up portals and seeing entities on the other side? Maybe I'll save that as a season finale so we can start getting into all this weird stuff. We still have to uh, come back down to <laughs> the real world. Uh, but as I was saying beforehand, getting back to facing famine, back to reality, what's happening here? Boots on the ground, uh, people not having enough food, not having enough money, the Great Reset taking place, these lockdowns, killing small businesses, destroying families, destroying economies, and more. You now have, getting back into the topics, the Alberta Premier rejecting the Great Reset theory, saying that leaders should focus on economic recovery. So as all of these things are taking place, like I said, they're saying they don't want you to look at the technocratic consolidation of power. Look at the aliens over here. Don't you see these aliens and this imaginary virus? Don't worry about it. As all this power and consolidation is taking place, you see very little people standing up and exposing it. 
fighting back against it. You see, because it may sound like something good on the surface, we're flushing down at least like 200 years worth of economic progress right down the tube, all for this great reset. That's why, again, businesses are being destroyed and we can, we can, we can feel the devastation and the depression creeping. Alberta Premier Jason Kinney is speaking out against the so-called reset. This is an article that comes from Justino Whale. They put this up December 8th over there at the Epoch Times. It says that Alberta Premier Jason Kinney is speaking out against the so-called Great Reset Theory, saying that leaders should be focused on, quote, protecting lives and livelihoods instead of seeking opportunity in the pandemic. It says in a video posted to his Facebook page December 6th, Kinney said many people have asked him about the controversial theory. In the pre-recorded response, Kinney said that the, the Great Reset has been labeled by some commentators as a conspiracy theory. It's an actual set of concrete proposals publicly advocated for by businesses and political leaders through the World Economic Forum. Kinney said he, and probably every government leader around the world, received a book out tenets of the reset from the World Economic Founder and Executive Chairman Klaus Schwab. The thesis of those book, the COVID-19, The Great Reset, is that the pandemic presents a, quote, unique window of opportunity to re-engineer society through the rebuilding process to, quote, create a more inclusive, resilient, and sustainable world. Quote, I think it's perfectly legitimate for democratically elected leaders, for me, to say, heck no, we're not going to exploit or take advantage of a crisis to advance a political agenda, Kenny said in the video. Quote, if we're actually all in this together, like we keep saying, then how about we focus on the crisis, on protecting lives and livelihood, helping people, and about how and how about after that, instead of exploiting the crisis to impose on democratic societies a whole bunch of failed socialistic policy ideas, how about instead we get refocused on generating economic growth? Schwab has advocated for a radical, quote, reset of the capitalist system itself by dramatically increasing the power of government through expansive new social programs and transforming the global economy to steer the market toward fairer outcomes. Quote, he says this could be achieved with measures like wealth taxes, the withdrawal of fossil fuel subsidies, and new rules governing intellectual property, trade, and competition. So the aliens are truly the technocrats. That's, that's I think, what I was trying to allude to you. That's the scientific dictatorship. That's the military-industrial complex. That's the technocrats. They came in here like an alien force disrupting everything we knew and are trying to infect us with this totalitarian mindset. That's what I'm saying, by breaking this down. The externalization of the hierarchy, the ideological adaptation, getting us to go along with it. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. Quote, to achieve a better outcome, the world must act jointly and swiftly to revamp all aspects of our societies and economies, from education to social contracts and working conditions, he wrote on the World Economic Forum website in June. Quote, every country from the United States to China must participate in every industry, from oil and gas to tech, must be transformed. In short, we need a great reset of capitalism. Other advocates of the World Economic Forum reset include Prince Charles and Al Gore, representatives from the United Nations and an international monetary fund, Greenpeace and CEOs and presidents of major corporations such as Microsoft and MasterCard. We've even talked about the Creo Syndicate, a ultra, a secretive ultra group of wealthy families all coming together to advance Agenda 21. 
and Agenda 2030. It says Kinney said Schwab's policies that advocate for a dramatic increase in, quote, government intervention, particularly in the energy sector through the abandonment of fossil fuels on a global scale, would, quote, create massive poverty. Quote, those who have suffered in the most in, in the COVID era have been the poorest around the world. So the notion that we would drive them further into energy poverty through a Klaus Schwab agenda policy, I just frankly find it offensive. 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 Driving people into debt. And we've been talking about the depleting savings of Americans of people around the world because of COVID. Right around the election, people ran out of money. Now they're dipping into savings. Now they don't even have any savings. And as you have all these people pushing a great reset, a financial reset, a great leap forward, 82% of Americans say they can't afford 500 bucks in emergency funds thanks to COVID-19. People ran out of money around the election. They don't even have money now. Eviction moratoriums are up at the end of the year. Food banks are being overrun. This is a travesty. What's happening right now to all of us? It's a travesty. Yeah, we should all focus on economic recovery. We should all be really tightening our belts a little bit, really, really pulling it in. Because they're not done. That's why they want to offer financial incentives. They want to bribe you. Hey, take this shot. Yeah, you'll be paralyzed. Yeah, you'll be crippled. But you'll have money and we'll take care of you. And look at this. Look at this. Speaking of focusing on economic recovery, driving people into debt. Again, this is exactly what China wanted. Because now they can go across the world and buy up everything for pennies on the yuan. The COVID pandemic could push more than a billion people worldwide into extreme poverty, the UN warns. They know full well what they're doing because it was all done by design. This comes from Planet Free Will. They put this up December 7th. I'm only going to read a little bit of this and I'm going to close out the episode for you guys. It says another 207 million people could be driven into extreme poverty by severe long-term impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic, bringing the total number of more than 1 billion By 2030, warns the UN. According to a new study from the United Nations Development Program released this week, a, quote, high damage scenario would mean a protracted recovery from the pandemic. The report anticipates 80% of the pandemic-induced economic crisis would persist for over a decade, saw in the pre-pandemic growth trajectory. A baseline COVID scenario Uh, based on current mortality rates and the most recent growth projections by the International Monetary Fund, would result in 44 million more people living in extreme poverty by 2030, compared to the development trajectory the world was on before the pandemic. Quote, as this new poverty research highlights, the COVID-19 pandemic is a tipping point, and the choices leaders take now could take the world in a very different direction, said the UNDP's administrator, Ashram Steiner. Quote, 
we have an opportunity to invest in a decade of action that not only helps people recover from COVID-19, but that resets the development path of people and the planet towards a fairer, resilient, and a greener future. The report indicated that focus, focused investments could prevent the rise of extreme poverty, however, lifting $146 million from the from its grips and even exceed the de- development trajectory the world was on before the pandemic. This is the government doing this, pushing, and the sheep are begging for more. Economic devastation being wrought around the world so they can literally reset it. You got to think about what we're talking about here, ladies and gentlemen, what we're truly dealing with. They want to, again, they when they say they want to eradicate poverty, they want to make you poor so they can take over you. That's why they want to give you free money. Because when everything's free, you're the product. COVID-19, this is going to go down in history as, 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 as what we're experiencing right now. That's why we're living it. But something so devastating and something so monumental such as this, it can only produce the great renaissance. It can only produce the great awakening. But we cannot go down the path of the great reset. Yes, they have a plan. But now is the time when leaders are made because of the times that we are in and what they will make us. We exist because they failed us. Who will be create who will be created from our failures? Who will rise from our ashes? And these are the days that we're in. This is the time that we found ourselves in. Poverty, famine, food banks being overrun, politicians making up edicts and then not following them. A brainwashed and broken down masses waiting for somebody else to save them, hoping that a compromised vaccine will save them from a deadly virus, a virus so deadly they have to get tested to see whether or not they have it. Yeah, I could see why mental health is at a 20-year low. People aren't equipped to deal with such fleeting emotions and wishy-washy behavior and such, such misinformation, such brainwashing, such conditioning. It is only through the grace of God that we are here today before you to do this type of work and that we have some, <laughs> some semblance of sanity. I say that because I was just thinking about that whole little riff we did about aliens. It's like, yeah, same people don't talk about aliens. Not in the way you do. But getting back into closing this stuff out for you guys, you have to understand. This has been a wild ride and we're not done. The work's not done. We're running, we're, we're running, we're running over the new year straight into 2021. We only have a couple more episodes left and then I've got to take a break to get a little bit reconfigured. Not only for your guys' sake, but also for everything else that we're doing. These are the days that we're in prophetic and they're trying every kind of way to stop people from telling the truth they don't want people to communicate they don't want people to congregate they're telling you you can't have christmas you can't have new year but china's open for business you're not allowed to go out to a restaurant or leave your house but as long as 
1.4 billion Chinese people eat, sleep, work, defecate, and urinate. Go to work every day. They'll drive us into our death. You're not allowed to shake hands. But Joe Biden's able to lead the country. We have to do something about this, ladies and gentlemen. Otherwise, we won't have a future. And how does it go? Evil flourishes because good men and women do nothing. And I tell you, I can feel us all beginning to summon that courage deeply. We may not know what we're going to do, but we know we're going to do something. And I think that's what I have faith in. Because this will not persist. It won't. Because it can't. Things will fall along the wayside, no doubt. But during that process, even more beautiful things will grow. Even more powerful things will flourish. Evil won't flourish. It will degenerate. And righteousness will rise. Ladies and gentlemen, this is... Infected Core, V-Day Statistics, and Facing Famine. That's right, that's right. However, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. I know. A deep and comprehensive and complex episode to go over all the crazy things you see before you. I'm doing the best I can to try to break it down. But however, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. Remember, we only have a set number of episodes left for the season. So make sure you don't miss any. Turn on those notifications, share the episode, and get the information out there because it's for you that we do this. That's right. But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below, as well as all the other videos and links, as well as the SPARS Pandemic 2025-2028 document in the description bar below. And remember, guys and guys, guys and gals, stay vigilant, expose lies, and share truth. This is Noise Era, Freedom Faction, out.